Hi guys, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, uh, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, I want to apologize. Um, I haven't been uh, podcasting as much. You know, there's been some transition and there's been some things uh, things change and not not for the bad, but, uh, you know, just readjusting our schedules. So, uh, but I will hopefully... Uh, be able to podcast more um, as we continue to learn and study. And again, just you can find me anywhere on YouTube or n- now on TikTok and, uh, you know, on Facebook. You can DM me there and we can continue to talk Bible there. So I really look forward to continue that with you guys. So I ask that you guys would uh, continue to be patient with me. All right. So <clears throat> so today's podcast, I wanted to talk about the topic um, is your love behaving unseemly is your love behaving unseemly you know as we think about uh obviously that comes from first corinthians chapter 13 for me personally uh there's been a lot of kind of self-examination that i've had to do lately um for myself and how i can do better not only for uh the church, but, but for God. And so in order to evaluate myself and how I can get better, you know, I had to take a day and take some more days actually to sit down and kind of see where I've been lacking, uh, sit down and see where I haven't been doing the things that I need to, so that I can continue to get better. And so as we're talking about this topic, this is kind of something that came up. Does your love behave unseemly? And I think this is something that all of us can get better at. And so I think this will be a good topic. And so when you think about when you think about our relationships with each other, uh, so many, you know, the divorce rate is always so high. You know, people are bouncing from person to person to person like a, like it's a pair of socks. You know, I mean, there's it's so hard these days to find some some real, real genuine charity and real genuine relationships because the first time or the second time or the third time somebody does something wrong or somebody doesn't do something we don't want them to do. All right. Nope. You're done. Oh, nope. You're so, I mean, we got to learn how to increase our charity. And here's a question that you have to ask yourself. So many times when we look at our our personal relationships now, our personal relationships in the past and even in the future. And you kind of look back and you wonder, well, I wonder why things just haven't worked out for me. I wonder why just things just, you know, aren't working. Maybe the other parties had a part to play, but maybe you've been so selfish and I've been so selfish not to look at ourselves and say, well, maybe I'm the problem. Right. Maybe maybe I played a part, too. And so this is where self-examination comes in. And so this is where we're going to talk about this topic. Does your love behave unseemly? Now, here's the first thing. As we look at this text in First Corinthians 13, uh, verse number five mentions that love does not behave itself unseemly. And so notice that Paul mentions that love seeks not her own. You know, we talked about that idea of, of selfishness. You know, that is the killer of relationships. That's the killer of family relationships. That's the killer of relationships with brethren. When we don't get what we want to get from somebody, then we 
sometimes I think what we do is instead of showing that charity and instead of showing that love and passion and concern, I think we I think a lot of us and I think it's just sometimes it's kind of second nature at times. We just automatically think the worst. Oh, well, I guess they're just not interested. Oh, well, I guess they just don't care. Well, I guess, well, you know, instead of saying those things, what love does is love tries its best to paint the best picture possible of what's going on. And, you know, here's the thing. This is why a lot of us. And again, I'm talking to me, too, when I'm when I'm saying us. This is why a lot of us don't do this. This is why we don't think the best of someone because of two reasons. One, because I think subconsciously at the very beginning or the start of the relationship, we're waiting for it to fail anyway because of what happened in the past. And so when some the first thing or the second time someone does something wrong, you want someone to prove you right. Well, yeah, I just knew. Well, I knew there it is. It's coming. Oh, I can feel it. So then that's why we we have those relationships severed between our brethren, between members of our family, because we don't think the best. And then number two, another reason we don't think the best is because it takes effort to think the best. So think about a time where you were disappointed and maybe something a family member did to you or maybe something that a friend did to you. And you were really, you were really disappointed in what happened. But as you were going through your disappointment, wasn't it so easy just to say, well, you know what? It's cool. I'm done. Isn't that so easy to do? Anybody can do that, right? But it takes a special type of person when they're disappointed to still on top of their disappointment believe the best in the other person. That's why a lot of us don't do that because it's harder to do that. But it's so much easier just to believe the worst in somebody. All right, on to the next one. All right, on to the next one. You know, I saw a uh <clears throat> I saw a quote from an older gentleman. He, you know, he was like I don't know, maybe in his 60s or 70s. And real quick, we're going to mention this as we keep going, but real quick, young people and I'm young people, so I'm 28, but I mean, I'm not young, young, but I'm I'm getting up there. All right. But I'm still somewhat young. So whenever you have the opportunity, go sit down with older people, and just talk to them, you know, and you don't necessarily have to bring up topics. They'll they'll tell it to you. And so this older gentleman was talking and he said, this is what's missing inside of our relationships with everybody that we know today. He said, the relationship is like a house with our families and with people that we love. And he says, so when something inside of the house breaks like a light bulb, he says, instead of taking the compassion, the care and the concern to fix the light bulb, we just go go buy a new house. And then when that light bulb goes out, then we go buy another house. And so he says, you got to stop buying houses and you got to be patient enough with the one that you got. And so, again, as we're talking, you got to show wisdom in certain things. So are there certain relationships that aren't good for you? Yes. And those are things that you need to recognize. But I'm talking about with little stuff. 
you know, with, with little things and things that irk us and things that people do, we got to work with people on those things and you got to work with yourself. And so as we look at this topic, does your love behave unseemly? Here's a red flag for me and for you. If your love always seeks what's best for you, your love behaves unseemly. It's not right. Your love's not right. And so then number two, how do we know if our love behaves unseemly? It's not easily provoked. Think about again. So we, we go in and we talk about this, this, uh, this attitude of charity. And so do you put people on a point system? And what, what do I mean by a point system? All right. He's got, he or she's got three chances. So after chance number three, I'm done. Is your love easily provoked? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk and I'll be nice, but when this happens, I'm done. You see, love and charity is not so easily provoked. And so this is why it takes patience and it takes a lot of prayer and it takes a lot of belief in God. And here's the thing, too. Let's stop for a second, because you might be asking, well, Jordan, how can my love get this way? How can my love not be so easily provoked? Like, it's so easy for me to just X somebody off. It's just so easy for me for my love to be provoked. Here's how you can get better. Whoever in your life that you love or that you want to love, here's the solution. In order to love that girl, in order to love that guy, in order to love members of your family, in order to love the brethren, here's how your love gets better. You have to love God more than you love them. That's the solution. You have to love God more than you love them. Well, what's the result of that? If you love God more than you love them, then you'll be able to love them more. So let's break this down. So let's say, let's say someone, someone gets you angry. Let's say someone disappoints you. So instead of having your love being provoked and instead of your love acting unseemly, you'll look at your relationship with God when that happens with someone else. So wait a second. So this person disappointed me, not saying that I shouldn't feel disappointed. I'm not saying that I shouldn't feel those feelings. You're still a human being. But let me think about let me think let me think on a higher level here. So I disappointed God. I always disappoint God. But when I disappoint him, does he does he uh, write that wrong against me? Well, there goes Jordan again. Well, he, he failed me again. Well, there he goes again. What does the Lord continue to do for me? The Lord continues to forgive me. The Lord continues to be patient with me. And even though I sin, the Lord continues to believe the best about Jordan. So when someone does something against me, guess what I need to do for the other person? If I love God, guess what I'll do for them? I'll be patient with them. If I love God, I won't take that. I won't write a strike against them. All right, that's strike one. If I love God, my love will be patient. But here's here's the kicker, guys. And this doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. If you're a Christian 
and you find yourself putting people on check systems, if you're a Christian, find yourself being impatient. If you're a Christian, finding yourself just waiting for something to go wrong to prove yourself right of it not working in the beginning of what you thought. Then is it possible, according to first Corinthians 13, that maybe you need to love God more so you can learn to love people better? See, here's our problem. We have to look at ourselves so many times when we talk about relationships, we always point the finger at what the other person did wrong. Now, is that excusing? Maybe they did something. No, but even if they did, you played a part, too. So how can you get better? See, and this is something that my parents have taught me that I've had to uh, come to grips with. And it's hard because it hurts. It hurts to know that you could have done things better. So in order to understand that you could have done things better, guess what? Guess what mindset you got to stop having? Number one, you got to stop having that mindset that it's always somebody else's fault. Then two, you got to stop having the victim mindset. Well, you know, that's just my life. That's just how things work. You know, every person that's coming to my life, whether it's family, whether it's some other person, it just I just know that it's just not going to work. You just walking around being a victim. And that's not a that's not a fun life to live. And so, you know, I feel like we all can get better. But let me tell you guys something. It doesn't matter who the person is. Doesn't matter how much money they make. Doesn't matter how much you've known them. If you don't love God more than you love that person, you'll never be able to truly love them because your love will act unseemly when they do something against you. You know, I was talking to my mom about this and she told me that, um, that the person that, that, you know, I, I date or I marry or whatever. She says, one thing you got to know is she has to love God more than she loves you especially as a preacher. And I said, you know, what do you, what do you mean by that? Mom, I don't, I don't get it. And she says the nature of your work as a preacher and listen up preachers. If you guys are listening, this is for you guys too. She said the nature of your work as a preacher of the gospel is you do put your family first. You don't put the brethren first. It is about your family. But the thing about a preacher that's different is that the woman that you're with has to understand that she has to share you. She has to share you. And so if things happen and then she's always angry, then you're always going to come home to a battle and to a fight. So she has to have a level of patience with you. She has to have a, a love of God that she understands that my husband is doing things for God and for the kingdom. And so instead of me as the wife just sitting back complaining, what I'll do is I'll continue to support him and that helps him. And so now, you know, as I continue to grow and develop, you know, I understand that, you know, one thing they taught us in preaching school was uh, the one thing that you need to learn to be is flexible. You just got to learn that. And so when we're talking about these relationships with each other, guys, There's a certain level of patience and there's a certain level of believing the best that we have to have, because if we don't, then our love 
will behave unseemly. You'll always be mad. You'll always play the victim. And so we have to learn to love God more so that our love won't behave unseemly. And then the last one here in verse five, and this is this ties. I mean, if, if we were building a present right now, y'all, <laughs> that this would be the bow. Beautiful, right? Love thinks no evil. This is hard. This is so hard because this is why it's so hard when we talk about charity and when we talk about our relationships with each other. Because most times today in our world, relationships are built off of emotion. You guys hear what I'm saying? Relationships are built, they're started, and they end with emotion. Now, is emotion a part of these relationships with our families, with our brethren, with our personal relationships? Yes, they they are a part of it. But notice this, love thinks. Does the Bible say love feels no evil, y'all? What did the Bible say? Love thinks no evil. And so in our relationships with each other and with the brethren, one thing that you have to train your mind to do, and I struggle, I'll be honest, guys, I struggle with this because when, when someone does something, the instant, the first uh, instinct that we have is to feel that's the first instinct, brother and so-and-so didn't shake my hand. Ah, I feel a certain way. Sister so-and-so, she used to talk to me, but she doesn't anymore. Ah, I feel like, ah, you know, family so-and-so just doesn't like me anymore. I feel like, you see, when you start feeling stuff too soon, then you start assuming. And then when you assume, sometimes assumptions in our heads become fact when it's not fact. So when that brother walks by and doesn't shake your hand. If that family didn't get to you and talk to you or haven't talked to you in a while, if this person hasn't hasn't texted you or talked to you for a while, what is your first reaction? Do you feel evil against them or do you train your mind to think no evil? That takes some effort. That is very hard. That's very hard. And this is why it's hard, guys, because is it possible that these people can think evil about you? Oh, yeah, it's possible. But even if they are thinking evil against you, what is your responsibility? My responsibility is to still think no evil. Let me give you guys a secret, okay? Christianity and love. When you talk about those two things in the scripture, whenever Christianity and love comes up, It's about the mind and not what you feel. It's about the mind and how what you feel. Because guess what, y'all? Sometimes you're going to have to do things for people when you don't feel like doing it. But because you love God, guess what you're going to do? You're going to do it. Going back to what mom said. And this is a beautiful advice that she gave me. She said, this is why whoever you're with has to be patient. Because not only because of the nature of your work as a preacher, but as as a man, you're going to need help. 
and sometimes you're not going to do things the right way. So when you don't do things the right way, you want somebody that's still going to treat you right because God wants her to. Not because of, well, there goes Jordan again. There goes. And then she gets mad at you all the time. See, you see why you have to learn to love God when you love God. It doesn't matter what someone else does to you. When you love him, you'll be able to do things despite what you feel, guys. And this takes effort and sacrifice and it takes a different type of mindset. I'm telling you guys, it's hard and I struggle. I struggle, guys. It's tough. It's tough because the first instinct that we have is to do verse five. The first instinct is to think evil. And it's so easy to it's so easy to think evil of somebody. Oh, well, there there they go again. I guess they don't. I feel they don't. Well, see, I was I was right. It's not going to work. It's so easy to think evil, but it's so much harder to think the best while you feel these feelings. And so this is why as we talk about love, guys, love is love is something that you can feel. But charity right here in 1 Corinthians 13, charity right here is not what you feel. Charity right here is how you act and how you think. So brethren, if I love God and if you love God, you're going to you're going to walk differently with yourself and you're going to walk differently with people. And let me tell you guys something as I self examine myself. And as I looked at some things that I could have done better and as things were pointed out to me of things that I could have done better. Let me tell you guys something, man, my my attitude and my my perspective has changed. Because for me, it was always so easy to point the finger, guys. Oh, man, it's so easy to do that. And you know what else? It's always easy to it's always easy to think evil. It is. But having these conversations and learning and growing and developing this way, I'm telling you all it it changed the way that my relationships work now. It does. Because you know what? It, it actually, what this does, guys, it, it changes your heart from being bitter to being sweet. And so think about it for a second. Think about a time in a, any type of relationship where you felt hurt. And so when you felt hurt, whether you were at work, whether you were at home, whether you're talking to your family about it, whether you're talking to your co-workers about it, whether you're talking to your best friends about it, you were bitter, weren't you? Yeah, look, man, I just, I had a feeling. I had a feeling it wasn't going to work. I had a feeling this person was this. Oh, well, you know, this is just my life. You, you're bitter, aren't you? And you walk around being bitter. It hurts, doesn't it? And so your life and your outlook on people changes. That's not the type of life we're supposed to live. But let me tell you all, after trying to change from 1 Corinthians 13, when people do these things now, I can go home and go to sleep. (laughs) I can go home and eat a good meal and hang out. I can go home and keep living my life and not being bitter against people that way. Because you train your mind to think the best about that person.
And whether they whether they are for you or whether they are against you, it doesn't matter. What God is concerned with is about how you react to it. And he's concerned about your love and your charity and your heart. God doesn't want us to be bitter in our relationships. God doesn't want us to be envious and jealous and play the victim in our relationships. That's notice. That's how every relationship in the world ends. It always ends in bitterness. But ours should be different. So the question for you and I becomes, how has your love been? Has your love been behaving unseemly? And real quick, let's let's cover this, guys. And I wanted to mention this, too. Let me let me talk to our our college guys here and maybe maybe the singles here, whether you're older and single, whether you're younger and single. Let me tell you a lesson that I'm learning right now. Okay, and this has helped me. The world, when you talk about building a relationship with with people, the world always says, what can this person give me? So if you're not X, Y, and Z, I need to wait until you're X, Y, and Z. That's what the world thinks. But notice your love is behaving unseemly that way if you think that way. If you're a Christian, this is how you should approach your relationships with your parents. This is how you should approach, approach your relationships with your spouse, with the person you're dating, and with the brethren. This is something I learned. So many times you can sit here and this is why we have the victim mindset because we're sitting here waiting for people to change for us and it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But two people, watch this, two people that love God more than they love each other, two people that their love doesn't seek their own for each other. Two people that their love is not easily provoked and they don't make a tally system on what you've done wrong. And two people that think no evil. Guess what they will naturally do for each other. For me to get better for her, I'm going to learn how to lead. For me to get better for her, I'm going to get my finances right. For me to be a better leader for her, I'm going to make sure that whenever the church doors are open, when training opportunities are given as a man, I'm going to be there so that I can be ready for her. Then for her, if she wants to be something for him, she's going to improve for him instead of sitting back and thinking, well, what can he give me? Well, in order to be the great wife that I'm going to be for him, I'm going to sit under some godly women and ask questions to learn how I can be better for him. I'm going to sit under some preacher's wives so that I can understand what it takes to be a preacher's wife. I'm going to learn how to be kind. I'm going to learn how to be compassionate. I'm going to learn how to dress myself and be modest. I'm going to learn how to take correction. You see, you got two people working together to be better for each other. Co, come on, man. That's like, that's like, that's like, uh, that's like Superman and Wonder Woman. That's like, that's like Peter Parker and Mary Jane. That's like, that's like Captain America and any girl he picks. <laughs> you know what I mean? That That's what it is. But guys, and, and this is what I'm learning. You can't sit around with a victim mindset. Maybe 
the Lord is waiting for you to love him more, number one. But maybe the Lord is waiting for you to keep improving. I'm telling you guys, it's changed me. It's been, it's, it's, it's changed my mindset and it's changed the victim attitude. It's changed. And I want you guys to change, but you got to see that you, so when it was pointed out to me, like I didn't want to change for a little bit, but then when I realized, okay, I got to stop being bitter and, and really, you know, start to work. I got better. I'm telling you, it'll change your outlook on life. It'll change your outlook on, on people. You won't walk around talking like, well, all women are the same. They all do this. And then you won't walk around saying, well, all guys are this, all guys do that. You'll start to change. But if your love has been acting unseemly, you're going to walk around this life being miserable. And let me tell you something. I don't want to be with a miserable person. And even if you're a Christian, I don't want to be with a miserable Christian. You can pick somebody else. You can be with somebody else. I'm not going to be with a miserable Christian. Because if, if it's miserable now, best believe it's going to be miserable later. Let's get better, guys. Man, it's oh, it's like I get so excited talking about like improving, guys, you know, like getting better, you know, learning, growing, developing, changing. If that doesn't excite you, oh, I don't know what I don't know what will. It's just let me chill out. <laughs> it's just so it's just it's amazing, man, to see if you let the Bible do its work. You can be a totally different person. And so does your love behave unseemly? What a what a topic. What a topic. And I hope that we all can get better. I hope that our love uh, gets better and we can all get better. Uh, I appreciate you guys. And if you guys have ways that you want to get better and need help, let me know. And, and I can help you guys. So send me a message. You guys know where I am on Instagram, on Facebook. Send me a message on TikTok. Send me a message anywhere. If you have my phone number, send me a message. We're just trying to get better. And as we get better, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. And this is where the patience with people takes time. This is where support of people takes time. This is where studying with people takes time. You know, you don't become this person overnight. You know, you got to work at it. And so I hope that you guys will want to work on yourselves so that our love can be right. Thanks, guys.